0: Christians are at a crossroads. What's at stake? The ability to freely live out the gospel in America. Geneva College in Pennsylvania is no stranger to historical decision-making in the face of political correctness. Since their founding in 1848, they've been leaders in the higher education community. They were the first institution in their state to grant degrees to women and freed slaves in the 1860s it would be over 40 years later before the University of Pittsburgh would do the same.
1: What drove our commitment to the abolition movement to granting degrees to freed slaves and to women was really tied to our confessional commitments to Christ and his word that are central to what it means to be faithful to Christ in an age that's full of changes and dynamics.
0: In the 1960s, Geneva College adopted a document called The Foundational Concepts of Christian Education, which laid out the philosophies that guide them to this day. Meanwhile, other higher education institutions went further left of center and counter to biblical teachings. It would come as no surprise that in the 21st century, Geneva College would face another challenge to their Christian beliefs that have guided them this far as an institution when it comes to honoring God with a choice for life. This is Behind the Front Lines, Religious Liberty in America. Joining us today is Dr. Calvin Traup, president of Geneva College.
1: Having been raised in Wheaton and then uh, in Beaver Falls at Geneva, I was uh, very much understand Christian higher education at a young age. I I came to a a, a knowledge of that early and a a pretty strong bias in favor of Christian higher education because of the importance of intellectual development that happens in college years and the importance of grounding all of all of human thought on the rock who is Jesus Christ as the foundation of all wisdom
0: and knowledge Dr. Trapp has a unique background in higher education his father graduated from Wheaton College in Illinois and later worked for Geneva but he was not the first of his family to graduate from Geneva College. My
1: sister attended before I did. I hadn't really anticipated serving as president of any college, let alone my alma mater, until I was considered for the position and invited to apply about 12 years prior to when I actually came. And I was not the first choice that time <laughs> for a lot of good reasons, as, uh, as, as often happens to us, right? And so the Lord did a lot of work in my life during that time. I did not anticipate the position being open again and so was not thinking in that, uh, in that vein. I was very pleased to be at Duquesne University and directing a PhD program there and anticipated that I would be there indefinitely. But when the position opened, I was asked to apply again, and I did so trying to s- discern whether God might be calling us to serve. And as I often tell people, students and other people, when you're considering a call into any kind of leadership, one of the questions, one of the driving questions for me was, is this a context or a place in which I could actually help? And so there's some leadership positions you could get called into, and you could say at I, there's not anything I can really contribute here. I'm not the right person. This isn't the right time, or it's not the right institution or not the right place. And frankly, I have never aspired to presidency in general. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I think probably I could list on one hand, the number of schools who would have a mission that I'd want to work on hard and who would also want me. <laughs> and that, that match is important. And so As the opportunity became more clear and the call became more clear, it made it easier to decide to come and serve in this context, and and I'm delighted to be here, especially because I have a clear sense of God's calling and direction in it. C.S. Lewis wrote an essay called uh, Good Works and Good Work, uh, published in an anthology called The Weight of Glory. In this essay, he talks about the combination of doing your work really well, being excellent at your work, but also about knowing that the work that you're doing is meaningful and valuable intrinsically so that it's something very much worth doing. And the idea I get in my mind is you you could be an excellent hitman for the Mafia the best ever, but you you couldn't really ever get up as a Christian and say, this is work worth doing. I never have that question when I get up in the morning, whether a ministry of education, our traditional undergraduates are in, the, in a very transformative time in their lives, wherever they are, they're going to be transformed. And to create a context educationally where they're with people who aren't trying to fix them or change them into some ideological framework, but rather are just trying to put them in a position where Christ does his transforming work in their lives is a wonderful privilege. And, And I see that happening in students' lives every day. And I see it happening between what happens to someone when they come as a freshman and when they graduate as a senior. And it's a very regular thing on one hand, but it's a, it's a wonderful thing to be part of.
0: So how does an institution like Geneva College find itself in a legal battle for religious liberty? For Dr. Calvin Trump, the moment he realized he'd have to go to court and defend his beliefs came out of nowhere. For me, that moment
1: was when we were approached as a board of trustees with a decision about whether to file suit against the federal government as an official action of the college, based on the clear requirement in the new law at the time, the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare, that was going to require us as an institution to provide abortifacient drugs to our employees as part of our benefit plan. And as soon as that came up, the administration of the college at the time, the leadership brought this to the attention of the Board of Trustees and asked the board if we were willing to pursue legal action to get relief from this regulation in the law. That's a pretty serious thing for a Board of Trustees. (laughs) Pretty much all colleges and universities, but especially all private colleges and universities, have a, a board of trustees and, and they, their responsibility is to, is to chart the course for the institution with kind of a 50 year horizon in mind. They have what uh, we understand in the United States and in, especially in nonprofit, the nonprofit world, they have fiduciary responsibility for everything that happens at the college. A volunteer board of trustees—they're not paid—and they have to maintain a certain amount of independence from the institution generally, and they are responsible to make sure that all the financial uh, affairs of the college are in good order. They're they're uh, responsible to make sure that uh, all the things that have to do with state and federal regulation are being followed appropriately. That uh, college is delivering on. The mission that it publicly expresses to students and parents uh, uh, and people who are involved in the life of the college. And so so the Board of Trustees has to approve the budget and and the Board of Trustees selects the president. So the president works on behalf of the Board of Trustees to lead the college. And in things like this sort of legal action and things external to Board of Trustees, those are Board of Trustees decisions not left to the leadership of the the professional leadership of the college alone. At Geneva College, the board of trustees, the chairman of the board of trustees has to be a reformed Presbyterian and a, a simple majority. So there are 21 trustees at Geneva College and 11 of them are reformed Presbyterians. The other 10 must have an evangelical profession of faith, be members in good standing of an evangelical Protestant denomination and must believe in the mission of the college and be willing to work within the mission as it's stated in the charter and bylaws of the college. So this kind of question, the question of taking this kind of uh, legal action against the federal government is definitely something that only the board of trustees can make that decision. But that not a decision that boards have to make all the time. <laughs> the first reaction that I had and other members of the board of trustees had was... This is a weighty thing, and what we need to do as Geneva College is clear. So uh, my recollection of it is that we had a lot of deliberation about tactics and strategies and implications and what does it mean and how long will it last and, and what will it require in terms of resources and how can we possibly move forward with this, but also a certainty that we had to And there was complete unanimity on the board of trustees at Geneva College about making this move and taking this action. That that was not a question uh, within the board at all. Geneva has been clearly pro-life since before Roe v. Wade. But with Roe v. Wade, Geneva would be a place where uh, there was clarity about the biblical stand for the life of the unborn and so that's never been a question. The, the, the people in the community, uh, in, in reference to the patients issue, understood this and were supportive of it.
0: The board didn't only have to weigh their options as an employer, but they also had to keep in mind how that decision would affect the student body which they served.
1: People watch. Young people watch us like crazy and, and appropriately are skeptics and cynics on the outside particularly and are clever and do all the things that I love about college students. But when we talk to alums who are 15 and 20 and 50 years out, and they talk about watching professors and leaders on campus and thinking about what they were doing. so. So obviously, um, one of the major things we're always doing at Geneva College is teaching by what we do. I mean, this is the, the whole Deuteronomy 6. Um, what's the best teaching? And The best teaching is when you're on the road, right? And you're, when you sit down and when you stand up and people watch and listen and pay attention, we very much wanted to protect the lives of the unborn first among people that would be employed at Geneva College, Now, we don't have a lot of people at Geneva College who we think would go out and use abortifacients. But we also know that when abortion is most commonly practiced among people who have regrets about it, it's when they're under tremendous pressure, right? When we find ourselves under tremendous pressure, um, we don't need additional temptations. Um, We need to have protocols and practices in place that help us to do the faithful thing, which is what Scripture shows us all over the place, and so we wanted to protect our people in a, in a broad in a broad sense. But we also have always wanted to stand for Christ. Our the motto of our school, the Latin motto "Pro Christo et Patria," means for Christ and country, and to stand for Christ on a principle that is very clearly revealed in scripture that runs up against the world in a specific way is one of the privileges that we have as Christians. When we can do that together through an institution, it has a real impact. And then having people who can support us and come alongside us like the Alliance Defending Freedom is just essential to us being able to do that well.
0: Of course, for the president of a college, with a board of trustees to answer to, and the responsibility to educate your students, there's not a lot of time to deal with the legal aspects of a case like this. That's where Alliance Defending Freedom came in.
1: As board members, we made the commitment and then said, how are we gonna do this? Because because we didn't know about the Alliance Defending Freedom when we made the decision. As board of trustees members, The first question is, this is something we need to do. How are we going to pay for it? And the idea who will represent us and uh, all the practical questions, um, you know, when I told you it wasn't a hard decision to make, but then we had a lot of questions about logistics and practices, you know, and this is the beautiful thing is that, of course, uh, a school like Geneva College, like other Christian colleges and universities in our country, we run on very tight margins. Most of us do not have. We don't even have large endowments. Geneva has a, a, a good endowment for a school of our configuration and size, but it's not, uh, it's not good comparatively to what many other private institutions have. We don't operate with huge surpluses. We're trying to make college affordable to people and we have expenses that, that have been going up for decades and trying to keep those, keeping our place affordable. is like, how are you gonna do this? And, and so of course we were just, and continue to be so thankful for the people that are committed to religious liberty in our country, who are people of deep faith, who are ready to come alongside and support us and provide strong, professional, quality, legal advocacy and representation for people like us who would proceed somehow, but would not be able to do it with uh, the kind of quality Uh, or the kind of resources that we have in conjunction with partnering with ADF. We continue to uh, rely on ADF for counsel and for work together, and um, we have had wonderful updates on what's happening in terms of religious liberty legally from folks at ADF, for our faculty, for our board of trustees. We rely on ADF in a number of ways. The resources that were able to use in reference to our work with ADF puts us in a position to focus without having to be tempted by the cares of the world to back away from things that we shouldn't back away from in terms of our institutional mission you know these are precisely the challenges that that we face in our lives personally and other kinds of things so would we pay the price to pursue legal action on principle in these kind of cases? And of course, institutionally, we want to say, of course we would. The real question, though, is never hypothetical. So when you when you get to the point of saying, well, would we be willing to reduce our academic program to generate more revenue, to be able to pay legal fees that don't have an obvious End point that we can control those are very hard questions. and and I don't want to speak for myself or anyone else in some sort of self-righteousness and say, oh I know we would just do whatever we needed to do. I want to be- we all want to believe that of ourselves. We all want to believe we'd go uh, uh, to execution with Dietrich Bonhoeffer, but not everyone did in Germany and <laughs> not everyone could. And so and so without the help of ADF, All the people who are working there, all the people who support that work, we would have to think a lot more carefully about how to act and what to do with resources to be able to accomplish that. I always think about what it means to be in the institutions of life that God has established. And then to think about the heritage, the rich heritage that I have through Christ in my family, in the church, and at Geneva College. Psalm 16 says, The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. And Geneva is one of those places. There's a heritage here that's not on paper. It, we have a wonderful history book about the college, too, in fact. But the heritage of the place it's in the bones of this campus, in the spirit of what happens here. And I feel very connected to that. We hold this place in trust, and it's our job to pass it on to the next generation in better shape than we found it, to take all that's rich in that heritage, and then to take that and invest it in the place and in the lives of these people here so that future generations, people that aren't even born yet, uh, will be able to learn and grow in heart, mind, soul, and strength until the Lord returns. And at a college, heritage happens in classrooms and in conversations and in all these human things. People look at, for the health of the school at buildings and, and all those kinds of things. And, and, and those things can be indicators, but what happens with people is what's so vital in the ministry of education. And so the things that I learned, even when I didn't know I was learning them here, that are part of the fiber of who I am, but also part of the fiber of who the place is today, is really important. And it's very important not to sentimentalize that or to, to be nostalgic about it because there's work to be done. Right. There's work that we have to do in this generation um, so that the heritage really does get passed on. and, 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 And we look at those things in our past that even the things we're not doing as well at as previous generations did. And it calls us up to to be more faithful.
0: Geneva College could have become stagnant letting their proud history tell their story while going along with the cultural tide. Or they could embrace what motivated their previous stands and take on a cause for today.
1: The unborn never have been able to speak for themselves. The impetus in scripture for us to speak up for those who can't speak for themselves is clear and strong. It comes to us from a number of places at different times within the Bible's history and is really a test of our faithfulness.
0: The lawsuit ADF filed on behalf of Geneva College was successful. In 2018, Geneva College received a favorable decision in its suit against the U.S. government over a mandate to provide abortion-related services in its health care insurance coverage in the U.S. District Court for the Western District of Pennsylvania. The court ordered the federal government to permanently cease enforcement of the Affordable Care Act's abortion pill mandate. The court declared that it violated Geneva College's rights under the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. We want to thank Dr. Troup for joining us this episode and for the stand Geneva College and ADF have taken for the unborn. On the next episode of Behind the Front Lines, a Christian school finds itself intentionally zoned out of the public square. Why can't a Christian school be treated on equal footing? Use a building that we bought for our students for God's glory. They changed their zoning code so that we couldn't do that. Tune in to learn about how ADF helped this ministry survive targeted and effective legal restrictions, even without getting their day in court. Behind the Front Lines is paid for by Alliance Defending Freedom and produced by CT Creative Studio. We encourage you to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and to share, rate, and review the program so others can discover the work ADF is doing. You can learn more about ADF's Church and Ministry Alliance programs at adfchurchalliance.org.